All right, thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this. And I wanna ask just two things of you. Number one, make sure to leave a comment or rank this wherever you are listening to it on Apple, uh, Stitcher, Spotify. Really makes a difference in helping us get the word out about this industry and about what we do. Number two, make sure you visit vertexschool.com to learn more about what programs we offer in this area as a creative and for artists who are looking to jumpstart their career and discover a new industry. Again, thank you so much for listening. We're accepting applications right now, so I look forward to hearing from you soon. Hey there, welcome to the Creative Metaverse Podcast, formerly known as the Game Artist Podcast. My name is Ryan Kingsline, and I'm the CEO of Vertex School, where we train creatives for the career of their lives. In this podcast, we interview amazing creatives and artists working in film, games, and building the metaverse right now. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. All right, guys, thank you for those of you guys who are here live joining me. I have, in fact, do you want to head over to your art station? I have a Pierre Pico. Pico. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And you can see his art station. It's uh, art station forward slash Pierre Eco, P I E R I K O, here. And uh, and I'm really excited to have you in. You're, uh, you're building your own game. Is that what I heard? Yeah, yeah, more or less. So it's uh, um, the project is called Noara, and it's not my own game, but we are a, a small independent studio, and we've been working on this one for three years. It was currently uh, started by uh, my colleague Jeremy Filali, which is the CEO, and he currently has written a first book uh, about the lore or the background of Noara, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so we are creating some kind of uh, hybrid MOBA, a turn-based MOBA on this uh, as an independent studio. And we are getting to um, uh, a very important deadline for us at the end of March, where we'll be contacting a lot of editors that we, we have been in touch for a, a long time. So uh, the project is becoming very, very, very serious for us now. So. It's uh, kind of my main job uh, and has been my main job for three years now. For three years? Oh, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And how long have you guys been, how long has it been in development? Three years <laughs> and two months, I guess. So they, they are started like in September uh, 2016, I believe. And uh, I was first contacted in November and I started in January of 
2017, I think. Mm. Um, basically, the uh, the CEO wasn't was absolutely not in the game industry, um, but he was a former uh, pro gamer at the time of StarCraft Brood War. Okay, so it wasn't a time where pro gaming was something as serious and as um, I don't know how to say it, but where you can gain, make a living of it, okay? He, he was getting a bit of money, some free computers and stuff, but it wasn't as serious as it is now. So mm-hmm. he has a, a good understanding of gaming and especially of competitive gaming. And aside from this, he has been written um, or walking onto uh, his novels and the story behind Noara. Uh, so he has like in plan for making maybe seven or, or eight books, something like this. Mm-hmm. We have planned for comics, for uh, a lot of stuff. So the, the game is the first part of, um, let's say, mass media uh, project that we are doing at Atypic Studio. and. Um, and the game is somehow the window or the first project that we hope will make this new world well known and appreciated. Let's hope. <laughs> that's so, a that's a yeah. pretty big first open, right? I mean, yeah. game is a pretty serious thing to start with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you have this actually in Unity, I think, right? And man, yeah, absolutely, yeah. hasn't there been a ton of changes since you guys started? Oh, yeah, yeah. Cra- How crazy. has that uh, affected you guys? So, <clears throat> uh, to be honest, uh, since I wasn't into the gaming industry uh, prior to get into this company, mm-hmm. uh, I was quite disturbed about the fact that we have changed like every four months we have changed the, the environment mm-hmm. uh, some of the rules of the game the way the the, the character behaves so it will impact uh, the the animations the fx and, and stuff like this fx sorry um and um i just uh saw the story of uh, fortnite i believe and the thing is that they, they have faced the same problem. So I feel like it's a, a recurring problem in the gaming industry mm-hmm. <laughs> that you're prototyping like every three months, you're changing the, the way you think. And even I, I do believe that even with seasoned um, game designers, uh, unless you do a prototype where you can put your hands on and start playing, you, you will never know how it feels. And during the last Blender conference, um, there was a guy from Ubisoft, so a pretty big studio, mm-hmm. and uh, he was trying to introduce Blender to the Ubisoft company, and, and Ubisoft is now a big partner of Blender development. Mm-hmm. And he was explaining that uh, um, one of one part of the Ubisoft department is to make like every two weeks they uh, create some kind of game prototype with a lot of different uh, style of game. Um, uh, you know, not, not only the, the big titles we, we know from Ubisoft, but they are just creating um, a prototype and prototype and prototype until they found a good gameplay or a good game design. Mm-hmm. So we had the story, we had all the background, all the, the Noara stuff, 
we knew what we wanted to do uh, regarding the, the kind of game. So it's uh, some kind of turn-based MOBA, okay, mm -hmm. a tactical MOBA. But then when you make the, the first instance of the game, the map was very big. So uh, it takes a lot of time to face the opponent, for example. So it was boring. But since we weren't uh, prototyping the map, we were really like creating the map uh, while the other ones were uh, developing the, the game system, etc. Um, we, we did a lot of, I, I, I think I've made like five or six maps and I wasn't the original uh, environment artist. So what I, the, the, the big concern about this is that um, your quality level will increase in time. Uh, if you have ever seen what we had three years ago, I mean uh, visually, at least at my side, but also in terms of gameplay, for sure. Uh, it was like, I don't know, it was really, really, uh, really bad compared to what we have now. So um, the main issue for me when you change a lot of things in a game is to keep the level of quality consistent. Mm -hmm. and it's almost impossible within a small, uh, a small team, especially when you're working like me as a generalist, as you may see just in my portfolio, I, I've, I've uh, trashed a lot of things that I've just got read in my portfolio, but I've evolved a lot uh, through those three years in game art. Um, so what I've done like two years ago or even six months ago, I feel like it's not at the right level for the game. Mm. And this is hard to, to keep this mindset where you you have to say, okay, it doesn't matter. We keep it at this level of quality and we need to, to finish the game and finish the prototype. So that's one of the main uh, issue. The second issue is uh, financial for sure, because uh, making a game costs a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So I won't talk about specific numbers, but uh, living in France, I think the uh, the wage is kind of the same as as in the US, so you have to to get out <laughs> quite a few thousand euros per month just to pay. We are we are like ten people in production now, mm -hmm. uh, so it's not a, a very small team. That's a decent team, um, and so the, this money just came from investors and people like this. We are not selling anything at the time being, and you have to be on shows. And, and everything costs a, a lot um, uh, in this regard. So that's the, the second issue for, for sure. So for me, yeah, being consistent in quality while you are uh, evolving as a small team and uh, the, the financial part for sure is uh, also really concerning. Mm. How long have you been uh, training in Blender? So I've started, uh, the first time I've been using Lender was in August 2012, so seven years ago. Uh, I remember this because it was the vacation at this time and uh, uh, I, I've been grinding uh, Rhinoceros McNeil for a year before, prior to this, and it was my first experience in 3D, so Rhinoceros is a pure NURBS-based uh, 3D software. So it's very technical and, and more for 
industrial designs and stuff like this. Uh, and since I was trying to make um, a, a small video game for uh, phones, for cell phones, it was the beginning of the, the rush on uh, mobile game at this mm -hmm. time. Well, mm -hmm. there was uh, there were sorry a lot of story of people getting rich very very rapidly uh, because they have released the, the good game at the good moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, with my colleague, we were so it, it was a project I, I had uh, a side of my uh, regular job. And uh, with my colleague, we thought that we may have to use 3D. So I was like. Since I was already in the professional life, I wasn't like I could afford um, a pro license of Maya. And I didn't want it to uh, crack a software. Because mm. since I, you know, when you're, I'm not saying that's a good thing to do, but when, when I was young, it was like super regular. And even Adobe was aware of this, but they knew that when you are a student at this time or when I was 15, and I had an unofficial copy of Photoshop. They knew that afterward I would buy it. So that's why they were like they were not looking after this kind of thing. But when you start to make money with the softwares, you you I do believe you change your mindset uh, and you you know what it costs to to create a software and you know what it costs to run a company. So uh, I didn't want to to pay because I couldn't pay uh, such a software. So yeah. I just took Blender this way because it was free. I wasn't into the open source philosophy and all this kind of stuff uh, at the beginning. So what um, what's kept you in it? You know, um, like what's what makes it competitive? So at the very beginning, uh, I've been using it during two years as a hobby. So uh, I was training like super hardcore because at this time I, I was um, production responsible into another company mm -hmm. that wasn't uh, 3D related at all. And I was working like 50 to 60 hours a week. And then I was training, I think, 30 to 40 hours a week on Blender mm -hmm. because I was fascinating. When I, I was like 15, um, for me, 3D was something that was uh, for some kind of elite. It was uh, something that was um, for superior people, let's say. And uh, I all I my my brother did add 3DS Max, I think, but it was running on on the first Windows, not not Windows like uh, Windows 3.1 or something like this. So it was all about. Uh, writing not code, but, you know, entering um, transform channel to create a cube or stuff like that. So for mm -hmm. me, it was making 3D was some an engineer stuff. And when I started Blender, uh, I, I really felt uh, my, my progression curve was just incredible. Mm. Uh, beyond the, the, the very first thing I, I've outputted that was like super trash and three months later I outputted a character that I it's really like a low level but when you are you know learning a new a new software and when you are relearning art because I wasn't really doing art for 10 years or something like this it's just amazing so I, I was really enjoying this 
I was doing something, learning something that I felt was just an inaccessible. And uh, I felt like I was doing a tremendous progress. So that, that that's what I think uh, motivated me. Got it. That makes a, a lot, some more user um, interface friendly and you just connect with it. But there's a lot that you deal with. You said you're a generalist, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so walk me through like the tasks that you're, that you, you do in your day job. Okay. Cause I see character, but I also saw some environment and yeah, yeah. Rigging course. Uh, so on the game. <laughs> so, uh, I, I will make a short, uh, a short bio. Okay. Just to, mm -hmm. to let you know from where I come from, because, yeah. uh, I've been, um, uh, making 3d for seven years now professionally for five years and in the game industry for three years okay. so but prior to this uh i when i was a kid i was like drawing every day i loved it uh i uh, this i had the first computer i was seven it was the time where um we have four color screen <laughs> and uh i uh i've played the very first warcraft and uh, then warcraft 2 etc i'm a big blizzard fan and when i was 12 years old i was redrawing all the drawings from the warcraft universe you know that you can find in the in the game leaflet because at the time you had the uh, a little book with the CD of the game, etc. Um, and then I did some um, more editorial uh, and um, I don't know how to say it in English, but uh, graphism and stuff like this. Um, uh, studies when you do logos for companies, mm -hmm. websites. Graphic design. Yeah, absolutely. Graphic design. Thank you. Uh, studies and then. Um, uh, a few years of specialization, but uh, the the school at this time, so in, in France, the school was free. So it's not like in the US, for example, where mm -hmm. when you go to the university, you have to work like super hard uh, at your side. It's uh, a bit easier, let's say. You, you can fail. I mean, it's uh, easier to fail uh, at our side. It's not that bad if you lose a year uh, of um, of university so but i was with my friend and we were doing like uh drawing uh street art like every day like we were spending maybe four hours at school and then we were like working until five in the morning uh like drawing and doing a lot of stuff so so we have made the magazine and stuff like this and now those those friends are pretty well known in the street arts uh thing because they have continued into this while I, I was more looking for a, a more classical professional life. So uh, I ended up into a printing factory doing some uh, more uh, pre-printing work. So it was more technical. And then I got into the goodies industry, working into a company that was producing fresh drives where you could put your logo onto it. So something really far from the game industry. Uh, but at this time, it was very new and I was responsible for the production at the very beginning. I was printing those uh, those flash, dr flash drives. And then I ended up uh, creating uh, workshops in, in China, in, Bulg in Bulgaria, in, uh, and managing the production, let's say. Hmm. Um, 
and during the end of the, the this job where when i felt i have made um, everything was done and i was bored and this is something i think we will talk about a little later uh, i started 3d and i got into it and and and, and i got the the virus and i'm somebody that can get very obsessed when he likes something and this is where i started like learning 3d uh, by myself for two years while working and after two years i felt confident in enough and i had the plan to um to leave my to quit my job and start a freelance career and <clears throat> i got my first job like two weeks after i started my freelance career mm -hmm. and uh, i was doing a lot of stuff like a lot of medical videos okay mm -hmm. um, uh, some motion design but all, always 3d based but most of my work was um, video editing so I, I was creating video using 3d you know it's the, the um and um and then everything about triggering about creating characters and stuff like this this was my uh the, the passion side of thing, the thing I was doing just to learn. I wanted to learn rigging and then, okay, now I've rigged the character, so I want it to move. Uh, that, that, that was uh, an internal loop. And when it's moving, I want to add FX and, and stuff like this. And this is how I, I've learned all these kind of things. So I'm a I feel like I'm pretty rounded, but I'm not a specialist. So I know I know how to do everything, but I don't know how to do it very well. But in the end, when you get into a small company, uh, because when we talk about the game industry and when when you you see a podcast of artists working at Blizzard or Ubisoft or stuff like this. Mm -hmm. um, they are very specialized. So when they uh, give advices about the portfolio and about things like this, they mm -hmm. are looking for very, very specific stuff. While in my case, uh, uh, I had a lot of job offer to be to uh, join small teams and be the guys that do everything and then recruit and drive specialists. And this is what's happening uh, in our company. So mm -hmm. I started by making only rigging and animation and um, for the first year, because we had a character artist, we had an environment artist. So when I say that it was currently the, um, the game dev that did the, the environment, because I've never put my hand onto uh, Unity and, and, and uh, um, never put my hand on any game engine <laughs> at this time. Uh, so I had to learn Unity, but I knew the process. I knew what is a normal map of how to optimize the mesh, etc. So um, I had a good technical background, but never do it for this specific task. Mm -hmm. And uh, and through the years, uh, we had some some issues with some people, or just uh, we didn't have any. Uh, financial um, strength to hire specialized people. So I've done all the environment, all the fixes, all the animation, some of the characters of the game. So I think like three months ago, uh, I could tell you that everything that you see in the game, I've done it <laughs> more or less visually wise, I mean. 
Wow. Uh, right now, we, we have um, a junior that is making characters. We have a, a UI designer. We are UI designer, sorry. Uh, we are recruiting another character artist, and I'm looking for other animators to help me because uh, I can't handle everything for sure. So, well, let's uh, let's jump into that then. What are you looking for in a character artist? So, um, first of all, the style should fit. I'm not right. saying that it must fit, but it should fit. So, the first thing I'm looking for is something I like. Beyond the, um, the pure technical part of things or the experience, mm -hmm. when I when you when I browse ArtStation, so the first thing is that I look on ArtStation. I mean, 95% of the people I find are on ArtStation. For okay. animators, it's a bit more complicated because uh, you need to see things moving, and in ArtStation, it's not ideal. I use a lot Twitter, for example, for animation. Um, but it's ArtStation, and I just uh, browse my feed, and whenever I see something I feel appealing and that could fit our style, I just, uh, you know, uh, I don't know how to say it, but put it in a collection. And when we need, uh, and get it in touch with the, 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 the artist, even if I don't have a job to, to give him, I just get in touch with him, say, okay, I love your style. Um, would you be interested in working on our game, etc.? What is your uh, daily rate, uh, etc.? Mm -hmm. So the first thing is uh, the appeal and the style. And then when uh, I get uh, into the portfolio, we have been looking a lot for uh, junior artists because, um, again, uh, money-wise, it's uh, very complicated. And what we are looking for is... Um, there, there could be some, uh, and, and I do a lot because I'm not a specialist again, but there could be issues on the anatomy, there could be issues on the way he sculpt stones mm -hmm. or uh, his shader is not perfect, but you, you feel the there is life, uh, life in the character, there is a gesture, there is, uh, I don't know if we say that in English, but there is character into the character, it, it, yeah. it drives something. And the small mistakes about, or even the big mistakes about anatomy or style, it doesn't matter because we, we can teach them how to fix this, or we can spend maybe little more time than with a senior artist for sure. But since we are a small team, we can afford this, spend a, a day face-to-face uh, -face with the, the, the guy and explain him, you should do this this way, we prefer this this way. So that's that's the second thing and mm. and so finding just the, those few details that, that there is a something more spicy in his work even if it's not like super accurate um there is a style and it's appealing so yeah i think appeal is the the first thing mm. and the second one is the 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 people themselves um the way you know when you you have this kind of conversation as as we have right now mm -hmm. if you were my customers and i was explaining you what i'm doing for you and you are criticizing some part of thing or you're not happy with what i've done or you're happy with something or you you want to change something uh you will see all the the, the guy in front of you will react 
uh, and he, he accepts criticism, which is like super important. And uh, if he's willing to uh, to change to change things, even if he if he don't agree, uh, it happens that the, the, he doesn't agree. Sorry, it, it can happen. But uh, this mindset is very important. Like uh, even if you're working, whether it's a customer or you're working in a company, you should um, treat everyone around you as a customer with friendly relation but uh for example uh, the uh, our junior when he presents the character to the ceo and he make a quick screen capture from from the brush i tell him not to do this you take a few uh, capture of the turn you put them in photoshop you clean everything you make a little bit of post processing to make it looks great because you have to sell this picture to the ceo which is not uh a character artist so that that's that's all those things Be, being flexible and not being too attached to your work and being open to criticism and knowing that um you're here to to work for a company and for a product and that's uh, even for me that's very complicated as we are recruiting people i know i will have to give some of my babies to those guys <laughs> and they, you, you know what I mean, you know, yeah. when, and, 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 and that's, and you, you have to, so, so it's a bit painful in the beginning. And then the mindset is to say, if they do better than I, I would have done, then I'm happy. And if the guy is happy, I'm happy. I'm happy to, I think that's the, the good way of things. So yeah, your, your personality is very, very important. Your, your, uh, your investment into the project also is very important. Mm. Um, I kind of uh, want to dive into one area um, there because I find that, you know, like a big part, obviously I run a school and yeah. and I've been in education for like a decade at this point. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and it's really important, you know, to me that like education is really is, is just been my life mission. And so, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, right now I'm focused on jobs and, and jobs for artists. And so uh, I understand the first part of that, which is you said a couple of things. One, it's it's the if it's whether or not you like the work and if it has character and then it's the person themselves. But yeah. I kind of want to dive into what it means to like the work and and see if we can find some vocabulary to help somebody there. Um, and especially oh, here when we're dealing with kind of like stylized work, like you're talking about. So, um, do, 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 do you think I could share some of the, the, the people that we wanted to work with just to show you what, what could have yeah. pushed me to this decision? So yeah. I will just, um, uh, open this in another window and put it aside. Um, and I will, um, because there is one guy especially uh, that I really wanted to work with, and he's a, a, a junior. Mm -hmm. So uh, I've discovered his work with a, a Twitter uh, feed, and it was this, okay? Nothing like, it's like super well-rounded, super well-made, the style is awesome, but it's a props that's generally not the kind of thing that will catch your attention the most. Right. But uh, it, 
um, the, the level of, of detail, the level of um, detail is not the good word, but um, uh, the balance of detail is mm -hmm. more okay. important. The readability and the, the, the color, the way he... I've seen a lot of potential in this because the, the color were, for me, deal with the colors so brilliantly, that was really awesome. So I, I've seen this on, on Twitter and just checked his art station. And when I got onto his art station, so you can see that he has a, a decent level, okay? This kind of thing, for example, it's interesting. You see that he knows the, the basics, the topology, uh, how to, to present a character. The sculpt is nice, it's uh, pretty clean. But what really um, uh, strikes us was this face. Because the um, uh, the planes of the face and um, the way he stylized uh, his character is something I'm struggling to get uh, into. You know, it's, it's something I have a hard time to get. The, while it's, it looks pretty simple, but for me, it's, it's something complicated. Mm -hmm. the, the the balance into his work, the way he made the hair, the, the thing that it looks like super simple and also uh, I don't know, the, the, the curvature, the gesture into the eye, everything for me is like super well done. It's like super simple in the shapes, but it does work well. And, and for me, I'm a big fan of uh, Overwatch style lately. Right. Um, and the simplest, the character, I feel like the, the more complex it is. It's like when you are making your first woman character. It's super painful. <laughs> Making a big warrior, you know, with a lot of scars and a lot of uh, exaggerated muscle. I mean, if the muscle is too big or, or something like that, that's very complicated. When you make a woman, everything is in sub subtility. Uh, we say this yep. like that. It's subtle, yeah. Uh, and here, I think that's even if it's a, 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 a guy with a burn, that's pretty classical. There are a very subtle things that. Uh, makes it like super appealing. It, it does work, and it, it, when I see the the sculpt here, uh, in the the character, yeah, it, it, it has something. So it's very hard to put words on this, but uh, it is. Um, uh, I felt like he, that that ring a bell for me, you know. And, and then this was this was just telling me that the guy has the technical background, okay because he, he know how to deal with colors, he know how to deal with substance painter, plus he was using a specular setup and we are using a specular setup, so it might sound very like, I don't know, like not that important, but in the end using whether a specular or a, a roughness setup, it's not really the same way of dealing with colors and stuff like this, so you, you have to, to do it quite a few times before you, you get uh, good to it. So this was the piece that really motivated us to contact him. And this one was the piece that make me confident on his uh, technical level with the, the sword, because the, the character is well-rounded, uh, the readability is good, so it fits a game where you see your character from afar. And for me, it, it fits a character in general, that you can have very noisy details but if you have uh, strong shapes that are really defined, that's the most important thing, I do believe. So, 
I get that's... that. So if I was to, um, so a big part of this is is the is the craft and yeah, you know, um, and having a clear sense that they understand shape and yeah. shape yeah. language. Um, and like yeah, you... for, for me, for, especially for characters, that's super, super important. Um, and this is something you may have say, said like a thousand times in your podcast to your uh, student, etc. silhouette, gesture, and all this kind of stuff. And, and even for me uh, today, that's something that sometimes is a bit abstract. But when you get the click, you know, when you get the um, the the things where you, you you saw those shapes and they are working and you understand why they are working and why they were not working before. For me, yeah, that's like 75% of the job. Then adding details and stuff like that is not that important. And in the case of, of this guy, the face of the character is that the, the gesture, the, the curves, everything, and the proportion are appealing. And then he shows us in all the things that you know the technical part of the of the of the job that for me is not that important at this stage i mean then uh the more we will get into game development the less time uh, we will have to teach people how to uh to fit the the game needs how to make a good topology and stuff like this and so we will ask for more experienced artists and uh, just tell them, okay, we, we do the hands this way in our game because we have this uh, budget in polygons and stuff like this. Mm -hmm. but, uh, right now, yeah, for, for junior character artists, for example, that's it. I want to have an opening gesture and, and curve in the character. Is it important for them to have props as well as characters? Um, not, not, no. Not really, not really. I, I do believe, and um, I that's a good level in anatomy and uh, just a, a naked uh, character with appeal and a good gesture is more important than an armored guy. If you are able to make uh, a nice muscle flow that is appealing and that bring a lot of style, you know, like a big guy, a, a skinny guy, etc. That then adding uh, shoulder pads and stuff like this is just like it's super easy for me that there is a making props that's a good way to to train uh, how to sculpt uh, materials let's say like stone mm -hmm. uh, this kind of stuff but uh, it's not a good way for me to really progress as um, a sculptor or as an artist when you see the work from um, Michael Vincent, known as Hob, you, maybe you know him. Mm -hmm. um, he he's doing like a lot of props, but when if, if you put them into silhouette, or he's like, I mean, he's a god for me. Okay, mm -hmm. <laughs> but well, when he, he's doing props, so you may say, okay, well, what I'm saying is stupid, but the his props are the the main shapes are just amazing, and when he, he does a character statue. It could be a real character in the game that it will fit and it will look awesome. And then he has this level in making nice stone and nice metal and nice things that bring his um, his asset uh, and his props 
level to to something that nobody reached but uh, i do believe that his strength is that he's a, a good sculptor uh, in the end so he if he was like making an anatomy piece i'm sure he will uh, he, he will do something like super super cool already so i i do believe that uh, since we rely a lot on characters uh, making uh, learning anatomy is something that is very important just to 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 be able to sculpt anything else then whether it's a, a, a house a car a stone because it's always the same rules the proportion the stone can be super boring or it can be super interesting it really depends on the on the reason there is into uh, into what you are sculpting so making purely props is not something that i'm looking for unless i'm looking for uh, an environment artist mm -hmm. so in this case yeah i want to see a lot of props and I want to see how they are uh, organized so if I can see um, texture sheets uh, and if I can see uh, how they combine them how they composed uh, a scene for example or a beauty corner with those elements yeah mm. that's important now you talked a, a lot about sculpting um, yeah. and this is a debate that we have I mean I help build ZBrush so I'm I'm a yeah, strong yeah. believer in sculpting and I love sculpting. Um, but one of the things that I tell my teachers that my students are, is that, you know, it's not like, it's not the end of the road. Like that's just the beginning. There's a heck of yeah, a yeah, lot absolutely. more, absolutely. you know? And, and so there's this, you know, interplay between sculpting and texturing <laughs> and how important is the texturing slash material work for you? Um, uh, well, the, the, it's the cherry on the cake, so it can okay. ruin a, a character. But for me, honestly, 80% in our workflow, I mean, whenever you are, you are, you are, you are doing the, the kind of character we are doing, uh, I will just show you one of the characters. Yes. Uh, I will show it to you on the art session, so I have it here. So I didn't do the character, I just worked a bit on the... On the stone, I reworked the stone. So it's from our um, our junior uh, character artist. So he's pretty skilled already. Mm -hmm. um, and I will show you the sculpt now. Um, so okay, just right now. Um, so here's the the sculpt. So we source, we we create the normal map for sure, but we create the curvature, AO, etc. from those. And then we just bring colors and highlights on the elements that are important. Uh, as the character is seen from above, you need to uh, highlight some of the parts. But already with uh, procedural um, uh, texturing, using the bait information from the eye polyscope, you get, you get for me like, 80% of the job and then you you if you you have a let's say a decent level or a good level in end painting texture uh, to get this kind of stylized PBR we call this like this uh, you will sure enhance the character a lot 
but um, if you are not that good in texture painting, but you correctly apply the baked information, you will already have a very decent character. This is what I, I mean. So painting is um, is very important, and uh, and uh, we, we do attach a lot of importance to it. But for me, if the if the scope is not like um, if we don't feel like it's amazing at our level again, <clears throat> uh, we will rework it. Okay, if the, we we won't say oh this is something we will fix uh, during the texturing um, texturing stage. Mm. Uh, for me, the sculpting stage is the most important stage in mm. the in the character creation and the concept art for sure. But uh, yeah, in production, uh, sculpting stage is the most important stage. Mm. Yeah, I tell my students it's everything's downhill from there. Like that's the yeah. start, that's the source. And and then you know things are going to happen to it, but that has to be what's awesome. Yeah, I will show show you a, a little breakdown of, of these characters, so you will have, you will feel what we bring in the painting is not like crazy um, crazy lot of information. So this yeah. is not like a, a, a an extraordinary uh, character, but we are pretty happy with the result, and 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 you will just see how we get from uh, like something like this. Oh, sorry, to um, to this. Okay, okay, we are good to go. Um, so it's yeah, this one and this guy. Okay. I will also show you the baked uh, stuff. Uh, characters. I mean, I might I might be wrong, but I think just like two years ago, people were questioning whether or not you could do stylized in substance. Um, yeah, that's, that's not the case anymore, for sure. I mean, no, no, no. The the thing is that. Um, uh, the, the main problem compared to a 3D coat, for example, where, right. because you, you bring the stylized with the sculpt for sure, but also we, we, with the way you deal with uh, the shaders, you just, uh, if I, I show you the, the diffuse here, you wouldn't do this for a real PBR mm -hmm. stuff, a real PBR skin, the, the, it will be like um, more homogeneous, and you will mm -hmm. have the and the normal map and the roughness map will do the job. While here we are inputting some uh, sh um, shadows information, lighting right. information into the color. So this brings the little stylish stuff uh, we are talking about. And uh, so it's like an hybrid stuff with uh, end painting. And the problem I think was the. You two years ago, I don't think there was the, for example, the the finger um, uh, tool or the the pick, picker tool was also pretty uh, complicated because it pick material, so it will then activate all the channels of mm. the uh, of the shader. So. And people, uh, I, I guess, in this kind of workflow, when you where you do end painted stuff, they use a lot of Photoshop. And while the 
the layer system is comparable to Photoshop. It's very different in the end because you have a layer system per channel. Right. So it's, uh, yeah, you know, while I feel like I, have, I haven't really tested 3D code, I've seen it like running, but I feel like very close from, from Photoshop 3D code. So uh, yeah. there is also this bias where uh, people will say, yeah, it's not as good as 3D code because we never really tried to make uh, stylized stuff. So, and when you are used, I, I think, I do believe you, you may have the same kind of struggle, but when you are uh, used to a, a workflow and it does work well and you make money with it, you don't want to uh, try it into another software or, mm. you know, change anything. So I was, uh, I was using uh, Substance Painter for uh, more uh, PBR classical stuff. And then we started to use it as, as a stylized thing. Um, because we were in a lot into Blizzard style, like Heroes of the Storm. Uh, it's not like League of Legends where everything is unlit. So everything is, is in the color map. Uh, in Heroes of the Storm, they use normal map, they use specular, etc. So I was like, okay, I feel like they're not using unpainted stuff as in World of Warcraft. But there is also there are also those uh, glossiness and specularity information, and and we just make some tests, and it's uh, it does work. And just to 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 finish with this, it's uh, it's it's something I I was doing with uh, classical ray traced uh, shading. You know, you you just uh, cheat with the with the shading by added uh, adding curvature and stuff like this onto mm -hmm. your into your your color map to make your character a little more appealing. So in the you end, mean uh, that ambient occlusion. Yeah, absolutely. With a bit of color, you know, it will just boost your your the shape of your of your character. How do you handle the specularity though here? Because that's that to me is the big kind of unknown. Yeah, I'll, 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 I will show you. So you have uh, here it is the specularity. So it's mm -hmm. uh, pretty pretty simple. I will give you the, the big, um, how to say, uh, the big concept we are using about yeah. specularity and how I will use it for this art style, let's say. Yeah. Um, uh, so just just to, to show you uh, why why I was telling you that the, the I will just get rid of the, the, the equipment. I was telling you that sculpting is the most important thing is that I get rid of uh, those unpainted information. Um, okay, you see that the base color here mm -hmm. um, is based on uh, baked information, and I will open it in Photoshop later on. So we are using to, to create this map. We are using the ambient occlusion, uh, a curvature map that is generated from the normal map. And um, and the directional uh, normal map. Okay. okay. And you comp uh, these in Photoshop or in? Yeah, I comp this in Photoshop, and then I just use a gradient uh, filter. Yeah, I love that. So it's choice. like um, yeah. uh, gradient fusion in uh, in uh, Photoshop, and <laughs> we do this for all the different part of the character. You see the rope here. Okay. The same it. thing. And mm -hmm. then we just bring a bit of color, but honestly, it's it, 
it's quite while it's important it's pretty uh, ridiculous what we are doing so i will ignore this for the time being because it's for the um, the fear um this is for the blow okay the scars so you can see them here just changing the lightning so then you have uh, <laughs> those were <laughs> tests dark skin so i'm inputting a bit of um, uh, reddish color to uh, increase the um, the shapes that will be um, read from afar okay yeah and we input reddish for the uh, subsurface scattering effect so it's skin so you want to put red into your color that's uh, uh, then those dark spots are, are just for the nipples and the, the fingers a bit of uh, subsurface scattering so it's mm -hmm. very subtle here okay and a bit of highlights okay and is so the highlight uh, how is that being applied is it the same we is are it everything map? is painted using masks okay so and we set we always use a fill uh, color layer so yeah. that i i can tweak the color later on and yeah. let's say we are creating a new skin for this character and he will be blue mm -hmm. i then just have to play with those with the gradients and uh, and those colors here okay are you so painting that mask yeah yeah. Okay, so you're not pulling the curvature map in. You're actually no, no, painting. No, no, not there, not there. So I, I, I have more, um, I have a more advanced character using this technique with, with more specific details, but I, I can't share it with you because we will communicate uh, on it on, on next uh, week or, or something okay. like this. I, I just want to show you the, the base map here. Um, so this is something I've learned from, uh, I won't remember his name, Mark Brunette from yeah. CubeBrush. Okay. My neighbor. So I'm using his workflow. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, and um, uh, since I, I've learned, I've learned everything I know online. Okay. I've never had the chance or the, I don't know, the opportunity to, to learn from other artists. So I just booked tons of books and, 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 and I'm just applying those techniques and then trying to improve them or to, to appropriate them. So I mm -hmm. have just a, a, a base grayish color. So the idea is to get some kind of light map, you know, uh, a value map that will drive then all the, the colors. I will just multiply the AO upon it. Okay. Then we have the, the curvature smooth. So it's using. Uh, uh in english i don't it's not overlay it's um light uh, i don't remember but it's kind of an overlay uh it's i don't remember the name in english oh uh sorry i, I get what you can you show me the other layers around it, the other blend uh, modes find it? It, yeah <laughs> soft light okay, okay. It, it's set to soft light sorry wrong window soft light at 70 percent it doesn't matter it's just a matter then of um of, of uh, preferences let's say and it will uh, bring some small details like the wrinkles and highlight something so the kind of thing you will find in end painting style a lot whenever you are doing a, a very sculptural wooden texture for example you will have all those small highlights uh, that will make it more appealing then i take this uh, directional map so it's an, an object normal map and i take the blue channel so if i go into the channels here you can see that the blue channels 
is like uh, a light coming from um, above. Okay. Uh, yes. Since the character is seen from above in the game, and generally you highlight the, the top part of the character, and the lower you get, the darker it is. I just copy and paste uh, this channel onto another layer here and multiply it at 20%. That's subtle, but that, that brings a little more information. And Can you turn then... it off and on again? Let me see that real quick. Oh, sorry? Can you turn it off and then back on? You okay. will um, mostly see it here on the face. Yeah. Got you it. see that it, it dies, uh, sorry, it does uh, uh, dug a bit the eyes and, mm -hmm. and, and then the, the, the top of the head is a little, yep. is looking, if I just increase it a bit now, you feel like there is a light here while, while here um, uh, it's more subtle. And this is because of the, of the PBR setup and using normal map. But this kind of setup is exactly the same uh, Fanny Verne is using, for example. I don't know if you know her. She was um, a senior uh, environment artist at Blizzard. What was her and, name again? Uh, Fanny Verne. Uh, I will just... Hmm. Um, maybe you, you know her, Thanks, but Al. with my uh, French Al. accent. That yeah, I'll post it in there. <laughs> <laughs> it can be complicated, so collections. Uh, environment, so you can see I'm quite biased in my um, tastes. So that's <laughs> sure. I will just. <laughs> I, I, I hate what, what Blizzard does. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of that um, of the last trailer that was released? Um, which one? Uh, the the, Diablo. Um, the Diablo for one is awesome. Um, so if, if we speak a bit about Blizzard, I was. A bit sad. I'm not gaming anymore because um, I'm kind of an obsessed guy. So if I, I start gaming, I will spend my whole day gaming and I won't work anymore. Um, but I've seen a lot of senior artists I'm following, whether they are animators or uh, um, character artists, etc., and, and leave Blizzard. And I won't get into the, the thing about Blizzard, etc., and go to Riot Games. And I was mm -hmm. like, What's happening? Why Riot Games have so many people working on only one game? That's not mm. possible. And when they have released all the trailers with, with all the games, card games, uh, kind of Overwatch game, a fighting game, etc., I was like, okay, now I understand. One of, of the, the senior artists I love, uh, that, that's a model for me, is David Gibson. He's a, an animator and um, and um, and a rigger artist, and um, he left. He was senior at Overwatch, and he left to work on the FPS from Riot. So mm. I was like, "Wow, what what's happening? All those people that I love so much are leaving uh, uh, Blizzard." And like, I don't know, two or three weeks later, uh, Blizzard released all those awesome. Um, trailers for uh, Diablo 4, for uh, World of Warcraft, if, even if I absolutely don't know anything about World of Warcraft. But uh, and I felt like I felt like there was a revival, you know, like okay, Blizzard is not dead. Blizzard is is still in the game, and they are still uh, like uh, 
they will still lead art style and you know it's um, they are very influent i think in the in the gaming industry beyond making good game they influenced a lot um uh, game art i would say so mm -hmm. so yeah this this uh, uh this girl she she she, she does 100 percent and painting and painted stuff so as, as you see she uh she spent like half of her work doing uh sculpting and then and painting so since we are using pbr and we uh, do uh, rely a lot on geometry and on normal map we have this extra 30 percent that I, I was saying from the sculpt okay when you do like pure and painted stuff i feel like yeah having um very good painting skills uh, is imp is more important is even more important in our case you see that the 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 color is pretty basical the the, the job is pretty uh, basical and the, the result is convincing enough and this is because of the geometry behind um, so that that's what make the the painting job a, a little cheaper so then you have the the, the tattoos and uh, regarding the um, uh, and we just repeat the same process you see i have the base with the gradient so it's the same color map with other colors here okay and if, if i was to do it in photoshop i will just add um so I, I don't know how to say it in english i'm sorry but uh, this gradient transfer here Mm -hmm. and then I, I will just uh input some uh skin color tone so um he is supposed to to be a, a black guy so i will go in a, a dark fleshy tones like this and uh, you know do it this way to get my 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 base color and that's it and then i, I would paint uh, paint sorry upon it okay and then you, you just move the so we, we just do this into uh into um <clears throat> into substance using mask so in yeah. the end i i spend my life painting mask in substance painter uh tweaking colors and and painting masks then regarding the, the specularity um so um maybe you know it maybe you don't so i will just talk about the, the principle so here you you can see it's the basic specularity in uh, in, in substance painter yes. so the glossiness is like the roughness value of the um, of the surface uh, is the way it reflects light whether it's a very dual or uh, like mirror sharp this is the, the glossiness and it's a black and white um, mask and the specularity is the color of the reflection and their intensity so the color will be in the color uh, channel and the intensity in the value of the of the of the color so when i do stylized stuff like that sorry um i this is kind of wrong so here it's hard to see uh, mm -hmm. because it's almost black so it must be black at your side but I always put a bit of color into the um, uh, specular map. And this is wrong because um, 
when you you uh, you study uh, metallic um, metallic material and dielectric materials dielectric materials won't affect the color of the light that is bouncing on them okay so that's a, a wrong way to do things but the fact that we input a bit of color into the specular map it will make the characters slightly more saturated um, you you won't have this uh, washed color that you will get if you were into a super realistic approach of the the specular map mm -hmm. if that makes sense so uh, what i generally do is that i use a, a generating noise uh, because most of the textures um, and what i mean by texture is the fact that it looks noisy grainy like stone uh, is uh, through the specular map and the and the and, and the glossy mm -hmm. and the glossy map and um and and then i use i could use a specific brush to highlight some parts uh or generally uh, uh so i'm a bit disturbed that we can't see that much maybe in blender it will be slightly better feel like the, the um, it's very dark right now the, uh, okay so glossiness here so this has to be fixed but you can see that we have painted some uh, fewer effects okay so it does just bring a, a bit of noise to the texture that feels mm -hmm. more natural but it's uh, from afar it's still subtle so it don't get super noisy when you see the the character from afar <coughs> and the specular map yeah okay i can see a bit of color but i, I don't know if that uh, through internet it's gonna be like super uh, clear but mm -hmm. uh, it, it's it's not a pure gray it's slightly brownish and then for the tattoo so it's uh, particular to the character it's supposed to emit light but if we use an emissive map it doesn't react super well so what we do is that we color the specular map and when the the, the light hit uh, its surface it looks like there is light shining through through the tattoo so I will just change my uh, word setting so that you get uh, something, a, a color that is more, that is closer to, to a daylight or something like this. And uh, that's it. I, I don't know if I have answered super clearly your needs about the, the specular setup. Um, if you, if you have any question about specularity or any uh, specific needs. I think you did. There's a couple of things. One, you're not trusting the specularity in substance, right? Like whatever that is, that is. Or or do you use substance to prototype that? No, I I always double check then in Blender with um, right. a setup that is close to what we have in Unity. Okay. Got it. Um, and, I've, and I find that's kind of common is it substance is substance. We're going to let it's powerful. It's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, but we need to have something outside of substance that is our, our like, um, you know, hub, you know, yeah. maybe that's unity. Maybe it's blender. Maybe it's, well, it's not going to be Maya, but something like that. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen your your talk about about it, and yeah, I totally agree. You, um, especially because the viewport of um, substance painter in our case, I think it does work very well for a more realistic PBR approach of things. Right. Yeah. Uh, but for specular setup on stylized character, it's uh, it's pretty there is a lot of pixel it looks a bit dull uh compared to to uh blender where it's like super crisp and um, the colors um react way betterly uh to the hdr because the 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 real time engine of blender is uh, really using the hdr while this is just a supposition i feel like they are faking HDRI in uh, Substance Painter. I do believe they just use it to um, for the reflections, and then the the lightning might be a lamp somewhere. Okay, the way it behaves on the character is very weird in in, in Substance Painter. I feel compared to Blender and, and Unity, for example. So I don't know, but yeah, I don't rely on 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 what I have here. It's very close, but it's not um as um as sharp and as uh, accurate than in uh, in blender i do i do believe first thank you so much that was <laughs> brilliant wonderful i really appreciate you taking the time okay cool thank you <laughs> yeah, that's really nice and and you know um i think it's a big area that uh well you know the creation of stylized work this is the this is a hard thing to to get figured out yeah, 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 you know, um, and and it's a and it's a something that I think a lot of people really uh, appreciate the craft of this, uh, and realistic stuff is documented so well. You know, Marmoset does a great job of of documenting yeah. that, but stylized not so much. So thank you. Um, now, uh, if you are down for it, it would be great to get your eyes on a, on some student work. And yeah, I, I know sure. we've taken up a lot of your time, so you know I don't want to. No, no, that, that's much. fine. That's fine. Okay. Um, so I think uh, Sushan, did you have something you wanted to share? And we can switch over to where we're looking at my screen. But um, who's got work that they want to share? And if you do, you send me the link, uh, and I will switch over so that we are looking at my screen and make sure that nothing's going to get me in trouble. Yeah, here we go. All right, let me know when you guys can see my screen. Yeah, give, yeah. best if you get me a link, um, but I will look. It just popped. <clears throat> there we go. Um, okay, so this is Sushan's work right here. And um, this image is a little blurry. Yeah, but uh, I think... Uh... You see it? Yeah, yeah, that that's that's pretty uh, pretty fine. That very impressive. <laughs> I don't think I will be able to to do this kind of thing. In the end, it, it wouldn't fit the um, uh, what uh, the kind of thing uh, I, I like to do, or I would work into. The only um, the only thing I would say uh, at my level, because I'm not able to criticize anything anatomy wise or uh, I feel like the, the face is a bit off compared to the body. The body is like super realistic. There is a, a lot of work uh, 
in the in the equipment etc well while the face and the hairs are a bit stylized and in a good way uh, i've seen some of the close-up of the face on the, the sundays just before and uh, they, they look very appealing so for me there is just this little gap whether you should stylized a bit more the whole body or stylized a bit less the face uh, maybe it's very subtle proportion editing and, and I do believe it's the hair editing that is the most um, popping out it's like super well done but it does not fit for example the clothes for me the clothes are like ultra realistic while the hair when you see the mustache the, mm. the beard and the hair they, are, they look very handmade very well well done but very handmade mm. while i'm more into some kind of i don't know modern warfare type of character or very right. naughty dog or ubisoft character you know cool that's great. And that's something we're going back and forth on. But now along those lines, um, well, I think we can leave it there. So any questions, Susan, uh, go ahead and ask. Let me head over to Al. Al, it really helps me if you have a link because otherwise I'm, I'm all over Google. Um, Al, thank you. That makes my life easier. Uh, and one over there, but <clears throat> this one, right? Uh, and it's not posted. Yeah, so let's focus. Oh, that's right. You've only done the assignment. So here we go. So for me, um, that's um, the, the first critique is kind of the same as before. There are things that are really stylized, like the pants, the clothes on the pants, uh, the knee pads, the thigh pads, even the uh, the cloak. While the I don't know the the wraps around the um, uh, oh, I need to find you know the words in English. Uh, around the arms and around uh, the ankles looks a bit more realistic you know uh, it's uh, there is uh, the, the detail level is more noisy and there is um, uh, so so i i feel like there is because the, the character looks pretty cool he looks pretty gloomy uh, i would say like it's uh, it's pretty dark um there is um I won't remember the, the name of the game, but there is a, a name lately that I really like, and it's a bit into the, this kind of artwork, like a pre-inquisitional stuff, which is uh, very good. So again, for me, there, there is some um, uh, contrast in the style. Uh, it kind of like a bit of style consistency. And another thing that strikes me is that even if I'm, I'm specialized in let's say in rigging and animation um, i i don't want you and i won't ask my character artist to um, give me a character with his hand straight this is something i will do on the low poly character and everything is baked before rigging i will uh, make all the fingers you know uh, straight but when you are making a sculpt 
while you can keep it in a pose that's perfectly fine or even something closer to a t pose that's not the problem make it a bit relaxed you you will never see your hands like this unless you're really um, put strength to uh, uh, you know to, to have them open like this and and it feels when i saw the character i, I feel uncomfort uncomfortable for him that that's like stupid it's just a feeling but i do believe when you do heart you you're doing feelings so that's what I would say. Try to just to, to make a slightly more natural pose for the hands, and uh, it will really, for me, it would make a difference. That's a small detail. And then I would rework the, the wraps on the, the hands and, um, and, uh, and the sheen and, and foot and feet. Sorry. Does that help, Al? You had a couple more questions pop up, but does that answer your question? Awesome. Okay, cool. Oh, I haven't yeah. seen there was a, um, you know, a talk onto the go to. Okay, All right, cool. man. Pierre, that was absolutely amazing. I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, and okay. we didn't even get into your YouTube and your teaching, which I mean, it sounds to me like you are just like you're an awesome teacher. This is great. You have fantastic <laughs> delivery. Thought everything's organized. It means a lot. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so fantastic meeting you. I um, I'm really uh, excited to, to have met you and to and see all of the great stuff you're doing out there in the industry. And Thank um, you. yeah, have a fantastic evening, guys. Thanks for being here. Really appreciate um, Sushan and Al for volunteering your work slash not volunteering. <laughs> Getting volunteered. <laughs> and. Yeah, we, our our motto here is show early, show ugly, show often. No, no, but that that's very impressive for for young students like this. That's I mean, that's beyond what I, I could make. But I, I just have like just a second eye, even from a friend that is not in art. If they point something weird, that's always good to take. Mm. My girlfriend criticized a lot my work, and that's very important, even if it's not. Uh, in the industry or what she she saw she sees things that i would not see because you are you have your nose on your work all day long and and yep. then someone else come and say oh that's weird and you say okay i haven't seen it <laughs> yeah. yeah all right Bjork, thank you so much no thank you for having me and uh wish you the best to all of your students and to you in your uh, teaching career and uh, awesome same to I'm you. Really, very, very honored to to have been part of your uh, of your podcast. Awesome. <laughs> and I'll see Bye. you later. Hopefully. <laughs> All right. Take care. Take care, everybody. Have a great one. See you. All right. See you. Bye.